All well, right. Jane, right. I want to be the first to say happy 65th birthday. I mean, I we're all just we're really happy for you. We are. <laughs> Flip the numbers. Flip the numbers, and it's July. <laughs> oh. Welcome back, everyone. I know, I know that you have missed us. I mean, it's just been, it's been a long week and you're like, what am I going to do without my Jane and my Katie and my Jay? Well, we're here. We're back from and we have you. Cody. <laughs> yes, with, with Cody. Yes. yes. But they don't know Cody yet. We've got to introduce Cody. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to, I better let go of the reins here so the, the real boss lady can take things over. Wait, there's a boss? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> No, I don't want to be the boss. <laughs> Come on, mom. All right. All right. And welcome back, everybody. <laughs> We've got a wonderful show for you this week. We've got the amazing Cody. I don't want to, I don't want to say your name wrong. Reniger. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nice. Yes. Well all right. And he has an amazing book that we're going to talk about. But of course, before we do that, we've got to pay homage to our sponsor, the wonderful and fabulous Go Indie Now. Hello, everybody. I am Joe Compton, and welcome to our channel, Go Indie Now. This is the place that celebrates indie artists and indie art, and we do so by producing several shows that either air on daily, weekly, monthly, or seasonal scheduling. And within those shows, we aim to educate and entertain you. If you're, if you're an indie artist who's trying to figure out how to do this, this is the place you need to be. If you're an indie artist who's looking to promote and doesn't have any avenues and, and is tired of the grind, this is the place to be. Because remember, it's always time to go indie now. That's right. It's always time to go indie now. And if you guys missed it, last night on Go Indie Now, we did the monthly news report. You want to check out that channel to find out all of the updates to the Audible Gate saga that still continues on, as well as other news important to indie authors and artists. All right, let's jump on in. Cody, I want to hear all about your book. Tell us. Well, here it is. This is called Changing the Stars, and it's in my memoir. It's about my life. Um, I started out this crazy life as, um, yep, that's it. I was... I was I had two older sisters, and um, my mom and dad got divorced, and we ended up being homeless. I mean, after a series of events, we ended up being homeless and living under bridges, living under um, in abandoned houses that barely had roofs, and just um, just kind of navigating our way as as very young children. I think I was less than a year old when we started, and then um, we eventually were found and taken from our mother at I was almost five years old. So four and a half. <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> then there were five of us. I had two older sisters and two younger brothers at this point. And so we just kind of um, bounced around these nightmare foster homes and just rattled around in the system for a bit until we were separated and gone into different families. My family was a, a very wealthy family, and um, but they were very, very, very abusive. So I ended up being taken away again whenever I was... I just turned 15 years old and went back into the system and I was um, in the foster care until I joined the army and then I ended up having a son who I raised mostly on my own and um, then I have 
I'm a hairstylist and I've moved to LA and now I'm a celebrity stylist and um, and I'm a writer. I also paint, I draw, I paint and I have collections all over the world and um, many celebrities collect my art too just because I don't let them say no. <laughs> I saw so on we, that. Um, we, Yeah, and I did the cover of the book as well. I painted those. Anyway, I, I saw you have book. a Facebook page that's, that's dedicated to your artwork and some of that is absolutely amazing. I shouldn't say some, all of it is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Uh, would you mind if I showed it on screen? I love that. Thank you so okay. much. Yeah, it, be, I, um, one of my paintings is on a show called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, I think we've heard of. Uh, and that's going to be there in May. So I can't wait to show that off. Like, <laughs> these are absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That was a frame that I got. Oh, this lady, this was a lady with the goatee and the Thing. She's apparently the Maya Angelou of the Hillbillies, the Keeper of Wisdom, who just passed so away. So much I, detail. It's very excited to do that one. Thank you. This one I did for my niece. She oh, wanted, wow. um, it was actually just a patch of forest where she likes to read, and she said she wanted it to look a little magical. So I added a yeah. castle and some unicorns. That is beautiful. <laughs> this is, a, I took this picture in the Hamptons of a duck pond that a lot of people oh, know. Nice. Wow. So uh, on top of, you know, writing and hairstyling, you're also an artist. Does your art come from your upbringing? Is, are you channeling some of your, your energy through that? Or was that a way for, for you to cope with your upbringing? <clears throat> it was definitely a safe space that I created for myself. At one point, I, um, like I said, we were homeless and all, and then we were put into this foster home. And this initial foster home was really, really probably one of the worst places we were. And we, um, I was just sitting next to this little nightstand with a lamp and I saw this picture of this book. Um, and it was like one of those golden books or something. It was a boy jumping a log on a horse. And I, um, for some reason I loved it. I was just, it just clicked with me. And I thought, well, I want one of those for myself because it's not my book. So I got a piece of paper and started drawing this horse and, and, um, Years later, I find out I'm named after a horse. I didn't know that. But anyway, <laughs> I, um, I started drawing this horse, and people kept coming by and like ruffling my hair and saying, good job, and giving praise, like one right after the other. And, and I think that was the first time I remember having praise or anyone, you know, any self-worth, honestly, at that point. And I um, just kept drawing, and I've been drawing ever since, just still looking for that praise. <laughs> so I just became, and then in and out of all these other homes, it was just a safe place for me to retreat. I think everybody um, and grows up the way I did uh, finds their safe place. And it's a must. You have to find your safe place, wherever that is. And, and that was in art for me. So, That's awesome. I definitely understand that. I mean, Jane, we've talked about using the anger of your, your day, mm -hmm. using that as, as, as writing catharsis, you know, putting all of the aggression you can't use. You can, when you're dealing with normal, you know, everyday people, and they do things that piss you off. You can't react poorly, but you can do it in your writing. You can turn that into yeah. something that happens to a character to kind of work out that aggression that you couldn't do in, in real life. That's interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're a, you're a celebrity hairstylist. Yeah, I work with them. With the, and that's only just a, a way for me to be lazy, honestly. I can go, <laughs> I can, uh, you know, I can do their hair once for a TV show or something, and I just go over every now and then and just make sure her hair didn't fall out of place, and I get paid for the whole day. So it's really That's after amazing. 25 years of cutting hair, I have carpal tunnel, I have tendonitis, and I'm just like, I'm just trying to find ways that people will pay me more to do less. 
buy Cody's book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the book that is the ultimate goal is to find ways to get paid more for doing less. Yeah, yes. eventually I'm just hoping someone will pay me to be napping all day or something. Ooh, yes. I like that. Take care of your grandchildren. <laughs> Yes. Go. Oh, I love that. I love napping with the grandkids. It's like a duty now. I have to do it. I have to nap. So, so when did you? Because because it sounds like your your youth was uh, some some pretty gnarly stuff. When do you think things uh, things really turned around for you? When I took control and made them turn around. I have um, my book is called Changing the Stars because <clears throat> I saw so many people that I grew up with in these shelters and foster homes that that continue this stuff today. And I just kept, I remember thinking when I turned 18, that the rest is up to me. Nobody else is in control. Nobody else is going to hurt me. And if I carry this throughout the rest of my life, I'm the only one that's victimizing myself. So once I was free and, and away from these people that were in control of my life, I knew that I was the only one. And so that's when it, that's when it happened. That's when I started going to, um, I went to barber school originally, and then I went to cosmetology school later, but yeah, I think when I turned 18 and realized that the rest was up to me, that I took control. I think people could do that a little earlier. And I think that I always knew <clears throat> that I would just had to avoid these people because I was destined for bigger and healthier things. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I hope that answered, did that answer the question. Basically, no, you owned it. Yeah. yeah. You, you owned your future path. You didn't blame so, anything. <laughs> Anything on, you know, everything that happened to you to keep you down. That's awesome. <laughs> I think we, yeah, we can all do that in, in some aspect. Definitely. It's never too late for that. The change in the stories thing. Did you ever watch um, A Knight's Tale? Yes. That's yeah, what I reminded me of. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, isn't it fantastic? It just clicked um, yeah. whenever he said, go change your stars. And I was just like watching that going, oh, God, I think he's going to do it. <laughs> and then he came back and his dad was heard everyone chanting his name and yeah and um it was he said did you change your stories and he said i did and it was just i got goosebumps just saying that so that really resonated with me and it also showed that you have the power to do it we all have the power and so just watching all these people still growing up and and still part i mean they sometimes you meet someone and they kind of tell you what ha the bad things happen to them within moments like they identify as a victim the rest of their life and i've I don't understand that whatsoever. I couldn't understand why I'm watching all these people go through it over and over and over and keep living this thing when they're free. And like I said, oh, I'm out of it now. I'm going to you know, go live my life. And I'm looking back going, why are they still there? Why are they still in this sad, sad cycle? Of, of, and um, so that so they say that when you go through hell, you should turn around and you know, hand out buckets of water for those that are in it. This book is my bucket of water, honestly. It's kind of a handbook to to how to change, how to change, how to change your life. You're not, you're not stuck. Do you, do you hold up the book with one hand and your lance with the other? And you're like, Cody! <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I just, I'm just so, I'm, I'm so absolutely in love with life in every aspect that I can. I travel, I've been around the world twice now and my, hu my amazing husband loves to travel. It's kind of our thing. And we just can't get enough of people and food and excitement and, um, and I just, I just don't know why everybody's not doing this. I'm just like, come on, let's go embrace life, whatever your passion is. But I just, I'm just so sad. It's just so sad watching people um, become ultimately victims of themselves.
I love so, I love that idea of, of being able to to kind of seize everything and, and own it for yourself. And it's it's a it's a challenge for for a lot of people, myself included. And and I, I'm still working up to being strong enough to to really do that. And and I'm but with with inspiring stuff like what you're doing, what you're writing, I, I think that that's that's good. It it helps people. It helps people to see that. It and, does uh, seem a little over. I hear what you're saying. It's, it's it seems like a huge task to do this to be like. I don't even know where I want to be, where I want to go, or how I get there. And I say so much in my book about those tiny decisions that we make every single day, what we're going to eat, what we're going to breathe, what we're going to do, who we're going to interact with. And it's just a, a mindset of g gaining a goal and with every breath you take, choosing that goal. And I mean, if you know, and I guess knowing where you want to go is half, more than half yeah. the battle. So just find that dream, find where you really want to go. I think everybody has it in their head. I think everybody has a destination or a dream destination in their head. You just have to find that. And then with absolutely every breath you take, you choose that dream and you won't fail. You can't fail. I love that idea. I love it. And yeah, and, and my dream is to go wherever the best food is. That's what's, that's I, what's booked, I was watching. I booked two trips now because I was hungry. I, I was watching the travel channel and they, there was like just this basic shrimp and grits street food in Barcelona. And I'm like, Oh, I'm on my way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and booked, I went to Barcelona for that. I booked Florence because I saw this 400-year-old steakhouse, and I was like, I need to be there right now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I like I that. like the way you think. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, and and Rick, I, I think you're out there watching because I, I think Rick uh, left a comment here a little bit ago. Thank you so much for referring Cody and and uh, some of your other friends. And Rick, I, I want to talk to you, too. I've got to see if I can steal you from my other show. So. <laughs> Keep yes, sending your fantastic we love it. <laughs> well, I think yeah, what let me, ask, let me ask a question because finding your path and being able to to set that goal of getting to your happiness and enjoying life to the fullest for a lot of people it does seem like a, a an impossible task. So on your journey towards getting to where you are now to being able to just love life and enjoy it to the fullest was writing the book catharsis for you in a way working through some of your demons or had you already moved past that i think i healed a little bit along the way throughout my life and i've always actively sought out my flaws and i actively sought out my my apparent patterns things that i realized i was doing like in my dating life and my parenting life and the negative patterns in my life i literally things kept reappearing, it kept rearing its ugly head. And I'm just like, what is that? So you delve into it and you find where that was um, and, and the root of that. And you can smooth that over. And I think I did that along the way, almost unknowingly, but I just had this other sense of that these people were broken that were hurting me. I was, I never was angry or, or bitter or anything. I just know that those per people were hurt, were broken. I remember at a very young age seeing one of my abusers looking in his eyes and knowing that um that that was a broken person that not i wasn't upset i wasn't worried i was i just knew that that person if we could heal that person he, he wouldn't hurt me anymore so i think that was just something that i can't take credit for that is ingrained in me so as i grew up i i um kind of healed myself along the way that i thought just enough to survive I, apparently so when i started writing this book i um I, I didn't 
expect to be opening wounds. It's almost like you're you breaking your leg and it heals on its own and, and it still works and you're getting through. But writing this book was almost like re-breaking a bone that didn't heal properly. So I was healed and I was moving through life perfectly fine um, as far as I, I was concerned. And I started writing this book six years ago and piece by piece, things started happening. Um, flashbacks would happen. I got... I was in New Zealand once and I was just, one of the bathrooms smelled like a bathroom where I had been abused. And I got stuck there. I literally couldn't move. And I was in there by myself and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm trying not to breathe. I put my head in my shirt and I'm just looking at the door thinking I can make it from here to that door because I got stuck in there. And the fact that that happened obviously showed me that I hadn't healed. Then I thought I had from that. Um, and another thing is, um, I took my time, you know, it didn't happen. Over, I wasn't hurt overnight. So I took six years and I would take long months off from writing and give myself time to heal so that I could put the best me into this book. So I didn't want to be writing as I'm broken. So every time something would present itself, and I'm like, whoa, I'm not done. And here I am trying to tell everybody else how to do it. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I wanted the integrity of the book to be completely legit. So I didn't, if I, and, and honest. So I, um, I wrote it as I healed along the way also. So a little bit of both to answer your question. That Well, that sounds like, you know, what we do in fiction too. We put a little of ourselves and our, our experiences into the characters and their reactions. And like we said, Jane, we put our aggression in there sometimes. The things that we can't do in... Yep. in Not like, like I need to read a book and find out where this, where you put it. <laughs> your books. Jane's known for killing people, so just I'll give you a warning there. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's I'm amazing. Nice smiling. But I love it is just watching your little smile while she's saying that. You're like, yep. Sure yep, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Writers are fun. That's right. Yeah. Fiction of fun. <laughs> Well, isn't there a meme that floats around that says that writers will get revenge uh, and immortalize you in their stories or something like that? They say that in The Knight's Tale, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Chaucer's, yeah. Chaucer's character says, says that right, to the that's right. two guys. Yes. <laughs> I, see, uh, I saw one the other day that said, if you wanted me to write warmly about you, you should have behaved better. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I was like, yeah. wow, you can't really. It's kind Absolutely. of black and white. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's another one that says, "Warning: Anything you say or or do will be used in my story." Yeah. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> of course. I I feel like uh, my mood always carries over into my writing. Like the my overall, you know, the overall climate of my life, it always ends up kind of in my stories, and you know, and I always change the name of people. But yeah, people that have been really bad to me, especially. They're the ones that end up in the books. You know? Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Writers, writers are, are funny people. They really are. They they really are. Because I mean, we'll be just sugary sweet to you, but you know you hold that in and that comes out later at the uh, at the computer. So but I guess that's a constructive way of getting it out rather than actually doing what Jane art does. In yeah, also, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool. Now, hey, so I we'll... need to read some books. <laughs> <laughs> Jane's well, that's... reading one of mine now, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just started that, and I haven't gotten very far in it. But okay. I'm getting the I'm getting the feeling that this 
this uh, prosecutor lady has some kind of like like a touch of psychic stuff going on too. Is that right? Just a touch. Just a touch. Okay. All right. Like I said, I just started it, so I, I don't know much yet. But uh, oh, is this in your book? Yeah. This is oh, in James. Yeah. I, I write paranormal suspense, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and and fairy tales and I write sex well <laughs> a little oh, bit whoa. Yes. Whoa. probably nothing I want to hear <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> no I was anyway I haven't noticed well I was reading that 50 shades of gray oh. and I got about that far into it and I was like nope I can't handle that <laughs> no I'm sorry. The elevator scene where they start describing smells and, and tastes, and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I didn't get that far. I think I got to chapter three because, oh. because I just couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> I love the movies. I love the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Speaking goodness. Reading and reception. How has the reception been on your book since it's come out? Um, I think it's leading in, in three categories right now. It's, it's awesome. really shocking to me. The, this is my first book, obviously. Um, but when I pushed the, you know, when we launched it, I didn't expect to feel so incredibly um, vulnerable. I mean, I just told some some things that that you don't just bring up in conversation, especially worldwide to strangers, you know. So all of these people, all of a sudden, you see my very public dark secret and um not that i was ashamed of it by any means it's just a little personal um but uh i was kind of dealing with anxiety and i'm not one to have anxiety ever like nothing bothers me and um i was just or i'm able to process most things anyway and i all of a sudden found myself taking long deep breaths and i was just like and i've done a few of these type of uh interviews already and I would just have to sit on my couch and breathe for like an hour and then do the interview and come alive and then go back and breathe and hide and just cross my fingers. And then all of a sudden, once people start reading it, it just all these beautiful messages and reviews came. And I was just like, yes, my message is clear. I'm changing people already. And I'm just getting the most I mean, people are telling me this, a lot of this, the abuse they went through that they've never told anybody. This is perfectly strange. Perfect strangers are messaging me. So, um, it's being re really well received, and um, my message is very clear. I was worried. So I'm not a writer. If it if it even sounded like a book when you're reading, I'm like, I just put a bunch of stuff on pages. But um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ended up originally. I just sat in it on by my fireplace with a glass of wine, and I had done a. I was in a documentary called Hollywood to Dollywood, and they did a story on me, and then a, it, the part that I was in ended up being. Um, edited like really was the tearjerker kind of a pivotal moment in the whole thing so i got all this attention and people want to know more about me and then they sent a writer and then it became it did like this whole viral thing and um all of a sudden everybody's saying you should write a book you should write a book you should write a book and excuse me people usually say that i mean that's kind of a knee-jerk i think a lot of people hear that and in my first chapter in my book i say everyone has a story and here's mine you know so um i i just was compiling all these different stories that's all i knew to do i was like you just have to start i guess so i just got my ipad out and started writing everything i could and then all of a sudden i had this just junk pile of all these memories and i was like i don't know what to do with this and so i called rick since he had already interviewed me and i was in his book he was the only writer i knew and the universe just lined up perfectly because he and i have been a fantastic team and he's 
and I mean by that, I mean he has really tried to um, embody my my vision and my passion, and he also um, has been <laughs> amazingly patient because I'm a moody fella. <laughs> and if I haven't eaten or had my coffee, I'm just like, fine, all right. <laughs> He's been amazing. He's been amazingly patient with my moods. And I think feeling well. I think that's the the key to uh to being su successful in in that regard, especially with a book like this, is that marriage of writing skill and also being able to convey these personal stories that people can connect to. And I think that that's, that's the most important part is that you're being open and honest with people and they're like, oh, wow, I can, I can really feel that. And that's what really is drawing people to you. I think that's amazing. Oh, that's and, and I think every one of us and all of our, our audience as well that are writers can definitely understand that moment between releasing your book and getting that first review, that anxiety, that fear, that, oh my God, are they going to hate it? Are they going to love it? That's and a that normal day, thing. Yeah, it is. It, and it never goes away. First book or 50th book, that feeling does not go away. I don't, and well, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. She's a serial killer, though. Don't, don't <laughs> say, you had posted a meme, I want to say it was in the last week, that like sums it up perfectly. And it was the author wants everyone to read their book. And then someone says, I'm reading your book. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's about it. And I always think that, too, especially like if I if I meet somebody out in the wild that happens to know somebody who, who knew me. And so they read my book. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talking about anxiety. That's what gets me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think I overcame that in the beginning by giving my first book to my father. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh wow. the first book I ever wrote. I'm like, okay, he's a voracious reader. Really. I mean, he just, what? Stuff from Accessica? Survival games. I gave him survival games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I figured if I could have my father read this, and I can have anybody read this. It was really hard to do that. And, and he has read every single book I've put out. So he is my greatest fan. So that that is the, awesome. the weirdest feeling in the world when you write sex in any form and your father's reading it and you know your father's <laughs> reading it. There's a lot of sex in there, but you know, that's the subject matter. <laughs> well, Katie, your your dad loved your your naughty stuff, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny when, when he goes to post on Facebook because he has no filter and he'll post on Facebook back when I was writing more erotica, how much he loved it. And he's so proud of me. And I'm like, oh my God, no, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, that's no, that, that is still the one book my mother hasn't read, but she's read everything else. So. <laughs> Does she purposely didn't read it? We purposely told her not to. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's edgy. And violent, <laughs> and there's lots of sex in it. <laughs> Wait, which book is this? Survival Games. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, yeah. I have to read it. <laughs> Survival <laughs> Games. No. <laughs> so, since you've written the first book now, do you have the bug to write more, or do you feel like this was a one, and now you're going to move on to different art forms? 
I'm loving it. I'm loving the the passion that it's invoking in people. It's, it's just igniting this lot. This people are changing their lives because of something I did, and that's just blowing my mind. Um, so definitely, I'm gonna ride this train. But I think I want to write a children's book since I am an, an, a painter. I um would love to illustrate uh, a children's book. That's awesome. And get and kind of get the same message to children, you know, in a childlike way to say that hey, you could. Because I took control of my life later, but I think I think that, and I, obviously I'm not a psychologist, but I'm pretty sure there's ways to do it at a younger age, even though people are in control of your life. There's ways, kind of like hiding in my art. But I think I'm, I'm kind of developing a few characters. I don't really know how to do this, but um, I think I just want to I just want to inspire, and maybe I can inspire kids. That's a so, great. Yeah, I, I plan on keep going on writing. You hear that, Rick? <laughs> 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 now it's pen to paper ideas that's all you know you just run with it <laughs> if you have an accountability partner somebody like rick if he can check in with you and say hey where are you at have you written anything where's a new chapter sometimes just having that extra person in your ear you know motivating you waiting for the next chapter waiting for the next sentence makes you want to write even more because you you want to be able to show it to them and get that you know that hair ruffling that praise that good job of course. That's amazing. Yeah, who knows? That hair ruffle. <laughs> I love that you said that. <laughs> well, Rebecca I, just wrote me last night and said that we've got some work to do. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah, speaking of which, <laughs> when is that book coming out? I have no idea. I I, I guess I've, we've got work to do. <laughs> I ordered that work for like a month solid to get you all those notes. And I still don't see a published book. Come on. I know. I know. Well, not everybody's as fast as you and Jane. When when you are that's, that's when you're an incredible artist like Rebecca and myself, it takes a long time. We're we're like um, Renaissance artists. It might take us fifty years to create one piece of art. I don't know if that tracks, but <laughs> I don't think I've got fifty years left, Rebecca. You might have to finish so, it without so me. You are Katie and I. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there. She just commented. She says, I'm almost done with the rewrites, Katie. <laughs> I have I haven't seen them, but they're almost done, apparently. Oh, I gave well, I gave the laundry list to her, and then there was an extra document full of suggestions and things you could tweak and explanations for some of the weird things that I just put in the sidelines. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and I want to see it out. And and that cover that you've said you were going to take pictures and, and create your cover. I want to see all of this. I'm excited for this book. Yeah, well, we, you know, we we took the picture of Jane that uh, that you, you know, covertly snapped for me, and we're making it look like she's a demon, and it's it's gonna be good. It'll be good. What is your book about? Wow, mine's about this. Uh, it's it's about a girl and a couple of her friends mm -hmm. that are. Uh, they just they experience some some creepy paranormal stuff in their life and they, and there's some abusive home situations they've got to get away from and they're just I don't know it's kind of a kind of an demons? adventure what's that demons there's some demons there's right. some demons yeah yeah that sounds like a really bad home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> no, no spoilers no spoilers no oh it's going to be your breakout oh, novel, Jay. 
Well, I don't know. I, I I've got six already out now. I I guess that's what they say. You become a overnight success. You know, ten years later. <laughs> there, you know, that does seem to hold true. Yeah. A lot of the the overnight success that people see is usually years and years and years of buildup yeah. to get to that point where somebody finally recognizes the work that you do. Well, I remember reading that in a David Baldacci novel, and and he's written he's he's very. Uh, um, New York Times bestseller guy now, but um, you know, in the foreword of one of his, you you told the story of you know when when he finally you know found his uh, breakout success. It was been after writing for years, and he still called himself an overnight success. I'm like, oh okay, <laughs> yes, humans who revel in the dark, their dark side. I like that. I like that. Sounds like a good tagline. I, I, yeah, I like that as a tagline. See, I can't make revel in the tough. dark side. Yes, yes. We just get Darth Vader on the cover there. (laughs) Cover model. There we go. (laughs) Speaking of the the 10 years to success, um, Cody, have you found that rule to kind of be true? It takes, you know, maybe not exactly 10, but a lot of years of building into your craft before you start getting recognition. You said you started as a hairstylist. Was there a lot of, of work in that field before you started doing celebrities? There, um, let's see, I think I was cutting hair for, let's see, for 2000, eight years, seven or eight years before I did my first celebrity. And I've been doing hair for 25 years. So, yeah, you definitely have to put in the work. That's the main thing. It put it, and all, you know, it's a lot of it's connections and everything. But I was, um, yeah, I had started out just thinking I was going to be a, a tiny, like a barber on a square somewhere, just an old-timey barber, because that's who had done my hair, and I was like, hey, I can do this. And, uh, and so uh, I got into it and realized that there's so much more, and I wanted to be up here, and I was not anywhere close, so I just locked my eyesight on it. So, yeah, I think um, a lot of it is doing the legwork because, and also setting a goal. It's very important, yeah. So I knew where I wanted to be, and I wasn't going to stop until I got there. See, I need to figure out what my goal is, Katie. Once I have my goal, I can lock onto that baby and and get there. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to find out what it is. Nobody wants to grow up. I don't want to grow up. It's hard. (laughs) Although I did get some good news from Heather, uh, my my wife, earlier today, is that uh, she said that if things go okay in the next couple of years, she'd consider a move out west. Uh, which made me very happy because I've been wanting to move out west forever. I love the desert. Um, so that that's keeping me happy. So like, okay, now we need to get my ass into gear and find a way to what make it What was the stipulation? What do you have to do? Uh, she just said as long as things go well in the next couple of years, which which really means as, as long as we can, you know, make sure we've got any debts paid off and, and get, get enough money saved up. Uh, but yeah, because I've been longing to, to get out of warm. Michigan. Yes. Go where it's warm. That's no easy. more Michigan. Just put I a budget north. in place and go. I went north <laughs> <Yes>. to retire. <laughs> now, where are you thinking out west? You're thinking like Arizona, New Mexico, well, California, I'm, Nevada. I'm, well, I like I like the uh, the mountainous desert areas. So, you know, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, all of you know any of those would be really good. I think um, you know summers would be brutal, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I, I think that that would be fun. I mean, I've lived 41 years here in, in Michigan. I'm I'm really, 
I mean, I, I'm ready for a change. You know, I'd like to do something different for the next, you know, decade at least. When I moved to LA, I knew no one, and I um, had only been once. And I was getting back on the plane to leave, and I was going to go to New York. I was teaching for the salon in New York, and it was two degrees in New York, and it was 85, like perfect in LA. And I was like, I don't know why I'm leaving this place. And two weeks later. I had sold everything I owned and kept one suitcase and got back on the plane and and I've been in LA. That's awesome. <laughs> that was sixteen years ago. That's awesome. I yeah, love it. Weird. I was just like, all right, let's do this. Oh, is LA amazing. where you live primarily, or is that like uh, where you you're half the year there? I know some people do like I half the year, but I travel. We travel about three months of the year, but I live in LA and I'm here in Arkansas where I am now. I come here every six weeks and I spend um, 10 days here. Do I do five days of work and then five days with my kids, my grandkids. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. Yes, I we know. Love, we Joe love to travel. That's our thing. We like to bungee jump and skydive. So we travel around. We oh. bungee jump in New Zealand and skydive. Like I'm going to wing walk next summer. I can, you Whoa. know, the biplanes, the two with the, they put yeah. a pole on the top and they strap you to it and then they do flips and spirals and i'm just so ready <laughs> that sounds like so nope. much fun <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know the only thing i'm worried about i'm not scared of anything other than i'm worried i'll pass out and wake up and not know where i am and just be like uh what the heck because i don't know if you've ever passed out but when you come to you're very confused and disoriented and so i'm i'm just worried that's the only thing i'm worried about is passing out and then getting scared and then passing out again <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, a, year, a year ago in October, my husband went skydiving with my nephew and, and some of his friends for the first time. I was supposed to go, but I ate cheese. And then they said, Oh, you can come. And then I said, No, I ate cheese. So, so that would not be really good. <laughs> so he went, he went uh, uh, skydiving with the group and they had, he loved it. My nephew passed out. Well. And well, someone down here said just said it's a very common thing with wing walking. Oh, really? Ooh, okay. Go ending now. Oh, the sponsor. Yeah. That's Joe. Hi, yeah. Joe. Apparently, Ooh. every person that wing walks passes out. So you got to get video then, evidence yeah, of it for later. Is it is oh it because God. of the height? Maybe. Maybe I think lack it's of be the head the head like the pressure the intense pressure. Oh, that's what I ex I've experienced. I've felt um before. When I bungee jumped and also skydive, you feel like you're about to, that pressure is so great to your head. Hmm. Like, All right, I guess I'm going to pass out. <laughs> It'll be a memory. It'll be equal. Well, it won't be a memory. Oh, that... You don't know if it happened or not. Yeah, that's true. The video. I'll have a video. Yeah, but the videos when you pass out aren't very good. Oh, oh my goodness. Have you seen those when the people are in the in the catapult and yes. they pass out and they come back? To, yeah. And then they yeah. throw up and they're like, yeah. I'm like, this doesn't don't, look. Don't do that. That doesn't look like fun. <laughs> Apparently, uh, this is a topic that's got our, our audience talking. Yeah, yeah they, it's they're the it. yes. sure. <laughs> oh, it doesn't happen to everyone. Oh, it doesn't happen. Okay. It's funny yeah. what gets the audience to, to start speaking up because we could talk for like an entire hour some days <laughs> and nobody says a word. And then we get onto a random topic and then <laughs> the chat Who just is this audience? Where, where are, where are, I keep seeing uh, people talking down here. Who's, 
Most of them are coming from the feed going to the YouTube channel. Some of them come from the feed on the Facebook channel. So it's a live feed. Yeah. yeah. Hi. We're live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I hope they didn't get me picking my nose earlier. I thought we did it. <laughs> well, we're going to see that video of you passing out and, and puking. So picking your now nose is nothing. Yeah, if it doesn't, I'll just fake it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's that's not for me. I am a, I don't I don't like airplanes very much. I, I fly, but uh, I don't care for it. So the skydiving, bungee jumping, all that stuff. It's uh, I think it's fun to watch on YouTube, but not not for me personally. Heather's I hadn't eaten. I really <laughs> oh I had gone, but initially I was supposed to go, but they were they were full, and then I said okay, and and they had you know my my sister in law had a spread out at the table. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll eat. Because <laughs> I hadn't eaten. <laughs> they're like, oh, you can go. No. <laughs> That's funny. I took my son. My son and I did it together. We just like spun around each other in the sky. It was really cool. Wow. The first time. Wow. Well, I have a question for you about your book. Is is there... Do do you need any kind of trigger warnings for this book? I mean, is do, do you detail abuse that you went through, or or is it pretty safe for anyone? Me, my yeah. There's um, trigger warnings. I mean, it's about it's, there's violence. I mean, it, yeah. There's sexual abuse. There's violence. There's rape. There's okay. a lot of happy stuff that happened. It has a happy ending. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's. I mean, it's pretty. It's very. It's not. It looks. You know, one thing I, I could change is it looks like a children's book, and I hope that no child picks this up. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So definitely for adults. And it's just good to, to make that note because, you know, some people, you know, have a really poor reaction to, uh, you know, situations of sexual abuse and, and things like that, um, which is definitely understandable. But, um, okay. Yeah. I just, I was just wondering in, in case you need to be clarified. I think on Amazon, I have a, like a ages... 15 or something like that that it's recommended i know my editor asked me about something like that i forgot where yeah, we it's important to kind of have those age ranges on there so that yeah. you don't accidentally pick it up yeah. assuming like you said like it could be for children when it's yeah i've had a lot of kids like get really excited i'm like no no not you <laughs> was that yours as well my kids no the artwork on the front cover oh, yeah. That yeah i did the painting of the changing the stars it's a guy i don't know if you can see he's um yeah. It's a bucket of paint with a paintbrush. But this is the one that they give you the proof one, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like the, the star in the pocket. But that's kind of what I looked like when I was 10 years old, blonde hair, and flying through the scars, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the audience is still talking about skydiving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know what's going to get the talking. <laughs> skydiving, to me, I mean, it's scary. The scariest part about skydiving and bungee jump is just getting out of the plane or out of off of the platform but once you're out there it's just it feels like you're sitting on a on a, on a swing set it's very very sturdy and you're just kind of it's like you're swinging in the clouds it's beautiful and it's so silent and and just calm and and it's just so pretty up there bungee jumping is not silent and calm the book leaves a lot of the sexual abuse to the imagination Oh yeah, I don't go in the descri description. I don't go in the detail. I kind of just imply it, honestly. That's a good warning to to have on there to make sure people know the extent of the uh, graphical descriptions. Yeah, it's pretty implied. I didn't want to be gross. I didn't want to. I mean, there was no need. As long as 
As long as it sh I just needed to show the dark before I showed the light. I had to mm -hmm. have that contrast. Are there any particular chapters that you would say are harder to read because of the material inside of them? Yes. One of them um, has to do, it, it was more of my sister's abuse. I, I There's um, one chapter where I laid next to my sister while she was being raped and I had to hold her hand. And that was really, really, really hard. I had to hold her hand and I had to pretend like I was still asleep so that the abuser wouldn't get violent and I just saw her tears pour I just saw the pillow getting wet and and she had to pretend like she was asleep too so we just held each other's hand and I've never let go of her hand to this day um so that was really really hard Easy. for me to do and some the abuse it was harder for me to get over my siblings abuse than it was mine oh, oh I'm sure yeah that that yeah that had to I was two I have two older sisters and they pretty much took care of me and fed me I mean they would get food out of dumpsters and everything so I'm alive because of them and I think that I had to really go through a, I had a lot of guilt that I wasn't able to protect them while they were protecting me you know I'm I was the boy I was the big and we were I was three and four years younger than them but I was about the same size because I'm I was a boy and they I don't think I've grown since then but I was a boy and they um yeah I think I just had a little a lot of guilt um not being able to protect them while they were, you know, trying to protect me. Those that, that was hard. And then there's another one where I was tied up in a barn and whipped. That just those two chapters were just absolutely hard, and I had to take months off while I wrote those and just breathe through it because I, I had to get this message out. out. Do you have a, a good close relationship with your sisters now, or or just my, well, my oldest sister. Um, she's trying to leave a cult. She joined this cult in the woods in Missouri, so I don't really. I have much of a relationship with her. We talk every now and then. Um, but, and then I have two little brothers. One is homeless in Denver and the other one is just in and out of prison all the time. So I think that um, I have, re I mean, I've tried to help them in many ways, but, but they choose, I mean, they've chose, they choose this life and they don't want anything different. Um, I mean, I've tried to let my brother move in with me, the homeless one. I've tried to help the one that keeps going out of prison, stay away from drugs and, and it's, and just, um, so you just it goes back to the old um, you can't help those that don't want to help themselves. So I always say that just because they're family, I'm not going to have them in my life. If I wouldn't choose them as friends or healthy people to be around my son, then so my brothers were never involved in my son's life. They weren't around me just because uh, I didn't pick them. You know, just because we were born from the same mother doesn't mean I need them around me. It's not safe. But my sister, Sue, the one I told you I hold, held her hand, I actually dedicated the book to my sister. And um, it's right, right there, dedicated it, the book to my sister, Sue, because she has been my hero. She's been, she was my mom and dad, my everything. And so she and I are very close, and I'm very close with her kids, and she's my world. She's my sister. That's awesome. Is she, is she doing well? She's doing great. She has a beautiful little cabin on the mountain here in, Ar in Arkansas. Uh, we went to dinner two nights ago, and we all, she always makes time for me when I come to town. And we talk almost, almost well, pretty much every day we talk constantly. So, yeah, I'm very close to my sister. She's the only family I have. Okay. She's, I'm very close. I mean, other than my kids and my grandkids. <laughs> and and the, I also mentioned in the book to surround yourself. I mean, I don't mean to say she's the only family I have because I have handpicked some beautiful people in my life who are very strong, inspiring. And so I have that family. I don't want to say that I don't have a family because I have a beautiful family. I just picked them. Oh, I understand. 
No, that's that's amazing. And you know, you're you're right when you said that you had to show the dark before you could show the light. You know that, and that's that's think that's the right way to do it, and that's the right way to tell a story. You know, because you're you have to change. You know, the character has to change, even if it's even if it's nonfiction. You know, mm -hmm. you have to you have to see that that uh, you have journey. To show so. the growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I left a lot out. I just had to put enough in there just to show that how heavy it was. Because I really wanted this book to be um, inspirational, and that's my only purpose. But yeah, there was one part where I said, uh, let me see, find this one bit. It said, um, I know that was really hard to hear, and it was extremely hard to write, but please stay with me because I will leave you with a beautiful gift after I tell this story. And so that's, I, at the very beginning, I try to say, this is going to be rough hang in there and I kind of take the reader's hand and kind of gently lead them through my childhood because it's not easy to read. And most people say that they start crying in the introduction or whatever. The, what's that first part? The, um, prologue or preface acknowledgements. Or? I think it is introduction. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say, I get messages all the time and say that I'm on the second page and I'm bawling. I'm like, no, you gotta get, you gotta get further. Just a few <laughs> more steps. <laughs> Because <laughs> that was be... not my intention. Oh wow, wow! Well, it must be amazing then if you've got people in tears on the second page. Holy mm -hmm. smokes! As long as they leave inspired, it's all and and it's it is, and I'm just blown away that it's doing what it was meant to do. That's my biggest because I was just worried when I was dealing with that anxiety I mentioned earlier. I was worried that I just wrote all this and people are going to read it and they're like, "What the heck was that supposed to mean? Why did he tell me all that crap?" Now I have to carry that around for the rest of my life, you know? So um, I just was so adamant about it having, giving you a gift that you didn't have when before. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca. the goals, you know, when you're in the midst of that stuff, to be able to, to actually look out and see a goal is probably very difficult. So having some inspiring book that helps them get there is an awesome thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's been a really cool experience so already, and I've just started. I only, it's only been out for two weeks, and I'm just like, wow, that was fun. And Rick's like, you're not done. That is amazing <laughs> to have that kind of response that quickly. Oh, that is so wonderful. Well, if you guys have to read it, let me know what you think, since you're all yeah. pros. I'd love yeah. to have a whole pack of pros Absolutely. tell me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Well, I, I'm oh, saying I can't. Walters, I love that. Uh, Cody's the new Bob Barbara oh, Walters. Sure. I like it. I like it. No, I I can't wait to read it, even though I'm I'm a little frightened to read it. But uh, is the uh, is the beautiful gift that you're giving people at the end is that a free haircut if we come to see you? Is that what they? <laughs> I don't think you need to. I don't think you need that. No, the gift is actually just give teaching you how to to grab life by the horns because I literally, I, I mean, I go step by step, but it basically is like I said earlier, the smallest breast, like you're saying, you want, you're wanting to move to the dead West. You just, what you need is set out on a budget. You have your goal. You want to go West, set out your budget and it's completely doable. I think what I'm saying about life in general is almost just like setting a budget with life, seeing what you can do in certain increments and the baby steps, you know, the small breasts and, all of that you just set it you get your goal and you set a certain path to get there and you're gonna veer you're not gonna you know things will arise um but you set a budget for your life i guess is the best way to say that and that's the same as what you could do jay is just set up a, a budget and a certain goal and then head west 
Yeah, I'm going to. And we're moving right into Katie's apartment. I know it's quieter than my upstairs neighbor. I choked. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the same thing though. I, I'm, I'm doing that, not necessarily a vision board, but I'm daydreaming, actively daydreaming about things that I want to have in the next couple of years. Manifesting. involved, you know, getting out of this apartment and getting into a, a house again, um, more financial stability, getting my business up and running a little bit more, making more money with less output, less work, the goal. Yep. <laughs> What are you going to do? How are you going to do that? Well, right now, I'm just still at the active daydreaming phase. Okay. The next phase is learning how to balance because that's my biggest problem. I don't, and you guys can attest to that over there, I don't balance well. I overload myself, and then I have periods of I can't do anything because I, I have to decompress before I can even look at another task. So I have to figure out the balance a little better. You need a book right, that book. shows you how to grab life by the horns. <laughs> I like it. And I'm, I'm just a damn overachiever. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Jane has, what do you have now? 50, 50 books, 64. 60 books, 54, 54. books. Yeah. yeah. She's the yeah. pro here. <laughs> Since 2010. Is that typical? Do people, a lot of people. I think I have what half of your your total in the yeah, same well, amount my, my publishing partner that I run a publishing company with he's another Jason in in Michigan he has probably double that so double yours? I'm, like, I'm looking at me thinking I'm a, I'm a slacker and we both have day jobs in in information technology Oh, that's <laughs> blowing my mind. See, and I've got like six, and I thought that was pretty decent for a while until I met these yahoos. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, comment that I'm not typical is 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 true. And then, I, then I it look took at me six years. I don't think I have enough life. It took me six years to do this one. <laughs> my, my first book took me five years, so don't use oh. that as your benchmark. The second book took me six months. Wow, that's really inspirational. So Thank you. It's, yeah. don't learning through that first book. Learning always takes longer. So I guess what we're saying, okay. uh, Rick, is that you guys have six months. <laughs> and, and since we're all plugging it, if you need help writing the book, what is that? Write the damn book. Oh, oops. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, Katie. Sorry. I was trying to make you bigger. Wait, put it back up there, Katie. Right. <laughs> and edit the damn book. Oh, that's cool. Because uh, I had so many people asking me um, how I did it, and I was like, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> so that's a great book to send. That's a good answer. Yes. My, my, yeah. my first book... I, I was almost 30 um, when, when I finally wrote my first book. And it was like my bucket list. I wanted to write one novel. And I actually really like how it, it turned out. It turned out as being a really cool story. And I had written like a couple paragraphs. And I was just like, what am I doing? You know, I, you know, I had a goal, but I didn't really believe in myself. And um, finally, a, a lady came into our, to our business. My wife and I owned a photography studio. And she was an indie author. And she started talking to me about doing this and this is how you do it. And all you got to do is write it and, and then email me and we'll go from there. And 
So that's what I did. I, I wrote the damn book and I emailed her and we went from there and got it done. And, but yeah, that, that first one, I think is always, it's, it's really tough because you have no idea what you're doing. And the second book may still be really, really tough, but at least you have a little bit of knowledge behind it yeah. by that point. You know? I mean, before this, I just assumed books just kind of magically appeared. I didn't really know. Well, <laughs> normally, yeah, that's how Jane's books do. She writes yeah. them while she sleeps somehow. Well, my first, my first six books were written in thirteen months. That's and not I right. Started it's when I was forty-two. Human. When I was forty-two, so I've only been writing for thirteen years. Is is cocaine a huge part of your life, Jane? No, no. and I I wasn't drinking caffeine either. <laughs> I'm an no. author. No. I don't drink coffee. I can't even, I can't even wrap my mind around that. <laughs> yeah, it's that it's that work ethic. I I think Cody is just the. I mean, because Jane works a regular job too, and then. To written 54 books i mean in and the last I can't even i'm still just shocked yeah, yeah. <laughs> i raised two kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> we all <laughs> the, the peanut gallery said no i raised two kids you yeah know. i was gonna say i bet garrett <laughs> oh okay all right Hold so on, we because... all we all have kids here jane all right yeah. can i show you the um <laughs> The inscription the dedication on this book. Wait, no. hang on. Let me make yours yeah, bigger make again. This one bigger. Uh, it's a it's a white page. Uh, ah, it no, says it comes. White, white page. Oh, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Maybe. No. Oh, uh, I'll read it to you. Read it to us. For Elise, Hunter, and Zoe, mommy is working. The next person <laughs> who interrupts me is grounded for life. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> who wrote that? <laughs> Oh, that is clever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's the in our house. Mommy's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'd bring the kids to their, their events and I'd sit there with the other moms and fathers and I'd write. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and eventually they asked me what I was doing. <laughs> so eventually I started passing out the stories. Nice. So cool. I, yep. I had one guy who read, read, uh, um, one of my stories, and he said he locked his <laughs> short stories. He locked his doors. He was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got scared? Yes. That's yeah. <laughs> that was Grayson House. Jay read that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. he was surprised he was scared. I checked my locks twice. <laughs> I'm in a 200 year old house right now by myself. I don't think I'm going to be writing. <laughs> yeah, don't read, right don't read the horror story. Uh, uh, well, we're getting about to the end of our time. Cody, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Uh, buy my book. Yeah, buy Cody's book. I just, I just want everyone to get this book as far and wide and let everybody know that that they have control of their life. No matter where you are right now, you absolutely have control. And if you read his book you'll look as beautiful as he does on that cover <laughs> that's, it's a guarantee it's the back of my head that's the best part <laughs> oh, all right okay. wow i really enjoyed this yeah it's been a lot I'll of fun yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah coming up to michigan uh, well katie we have any business to attend to 
I was just going to say, does anybody have any announcements that they want to make uh, before we say uh, thank you to our second sponsor? I have a book that came out on the first. <gasps> a, a short story. <laughs> that it took 16 minutes to write? It's <laughs> a lunch break. No. <laughs> is it the dragon one? Yeah. No, this is the zombie one. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Nice. Hang on. I'm scared of you. Do you have nightmares? Yes. I thought so. And, the, and, the, and the, <laughs> my books. <laughs> oh, I'm not sharing. This doesn't help. <laughs> Hold on. Share screen. Is this that red one? I, I already had somebody who, who texted me and said, when's the next one coming out? And I'm like, not until next year. <laughs> so Battleground yes. is out. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Battleground is out. I love that pop of red on there that just draws your eye straight to the cover. And then my pre-order for season, the first book in Season of the Dragon is is on Amazon now, too. So nice. you fix the cover? Yep. Hold oh, on. You could do it. <laughs> she loves my covers. <laughs> so that. This is, oh. this is a post-apocalyptic post fantasy. It's my How do you favorite get these covers? covers? These covers are amazing. She's I a have a addict. wonderful cover artist. <laughs> oh, cover <laughs> artist. Check our YouTube channel. Two weeks ago, we actually, because we lost our guest for that week, we yeah. went over all of our favorite cover artists, how we uh, pick our covers, some of our cover mistakes in the past. So yeah. definitely check out that episode because we put out love to all of our favorite cover artists in there. Yes. So yes. do you, I didn't really, I didn't know that that was a, a thing. So I just made my own. I didn't know that. Well, well not all, that. not everybody could just make their own. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, I think mine might look a little homemade. Yours. But you're an artist. So that's, you know, the <laughs> lovely yeah. thing. You can do it, do it. But not everyone who writes can do their own covers. And right. we've seen some pretty bad ones and we've made some pretty bad ones ourselves, which is what we went over in that episode. <laughs> amazing <laughs> all right Jay, news from you nope all's normal over here all right well let's pay some homage to our sponsor you've seen her in the comments section miss mistress rebecca dirty jonesy she does her live readings every wednesday now on her facebook page you definitely want to check those out her books are absolutely fabulous and full of magical creatures so if that's your thing you definitely want to stop by and give a listen and grab one of her books and sex. They're full of sex, too. Don't forget. Uh, I love magical creatures. That looks <laughs> amazing. For reading this week, I know I don't have the updated number. We are actually on chapter 20 and 21 this week. So if you stop by on Sunday, I will be doing my usual chapter readings on my YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash Katie Salitis. And uh, next two chapters are going to be quite interesting. So don't miss that one. Why don't I have a cool graphic on here that I can play? Because you haven't sent me one. What size I like is the magic stuff? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. my Agents of Asset series is the one that I have. Oops, clicked on the wrong one. I'm currently trying to finish book five right now, oh and it gosh. is all kinds of magical creatures and the uh, essentially the magical police force that keeps it under wraps. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> That's Very amazing. Cool. Oh. Awesome. Well, thank All you, right. Cody. Thank well, you, guys. I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, it was this good to meet you, Cody. Great episode. You are welcome back anytime. 
just yeah. hit us up, send us an email. And for all of our listeners out there, remember to like, to share, to subscribe. We love you. Thank you for watching. And we will be back next week with another artist to talk to and some more fun conversations. We'll see you then. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs>